Hi, I'm Kelly Cervantes, and this is Seizing Life, a bi-weekly podcast produced by Cure Epilepsy. Today, I'm happy to welcome Mary and Tom Nugent to the podcast. Mary and Tom are the parents of three boys, Jack, Quinn, and Will, two of whom were diagnosed with epilepsy at a young age. Mary and Tom are here today to talk about the challenges of raising two children with epilepsy, the varying impact that epilepsy has had on their two sons, and how it has affected their entire family. Mary, Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. I want to start off by learning about your amazing family and your three incredible sons. Well, we we have three boys, Kelly, uh, Jack, Quinn, and Will. Um, Jack is 26 years old, and he actually started his new job as a neurologist at the University of Chicago. That's amazing. It is. We're very proud. Yeah, very proud (laughs) of him. So he finished medical school at uh, St. Louis University School of Medicine um, back in in May and then just started at the University of Chicago. And then our son, Quinn, is about to turn 24 years old. And right now he's doing some work with the um, Western Special Needs uh, Recreation District. Um, He's a part-time camp counselor. He's not quite sure what he's going to end up getting into. Um, We are encouraging him to maybe consider that as a career. Um, He has a lot of empathy for special needs kids, and a lot of that has to do with our family and his youngest brother. So our youngest is Will, who's 18. Um, Both Quinn and Will have epilepsy. Um, Will is very much impacted by epilepsy. He is able to go to school, so um, it's been great. Um, He's been right now transitioning from high school. Uh, to kind of a transition program, but still able to engage with a lot of his schoolmates and teachers and counselors um, from the last few years. Well, you have, sounds like three incredible boys on your hands, (laughs) or men, I should say, at this point. (laughs) So I want to learn more. You mentioned that Quinn and Will both have epilepsy. How did epilepsy enter your lives? Well, that's, um, it's funny because the word epilepsy kind of wasn't talked about when Will was diagnosed. So 2003, when he was about four months old, he started having some twitches and some jerks. Uh, They weren't very noticeable. You'd have to really be looking at him to see it. So as he was progressing, we kept seeing a little more and more of those jerks and and turns and odd, odd behavior. So we about four months old, five months old, we mentioned that to his pediatrician and the pediatrician just kind of said, I don't really see anything here. And as time went by, we kept seeing more and more and I was his caregiver. So his brothers were at school, his dad was at work. I was the one seeing this. But again, if you weren't looking directly at him, you might not, you might miss it. And by the time he was about nine months old, I had mentioned to the pediatrician again, I'm like, there is something wrong here. He's not quite reaching his milestones. He's not quite there. There's something up. And again, the pediatrician kind of said, hey, you know, he's kind of making his milestones. He's he's kind of there. But I said, I don't know. Within three weeks, Will started having multiple, multiple events that were more and more noticeable. I took him into the pediatrician and on the same table that he sat 
you know, three weeks before the pediatrician looked at him and goes, oh my gosh, he's having seizures. So that's where it began. But he was also developmentally delayed a little bit. He was also very high tone. He was off. So there was other things. So we kind of called it a seizure disorder until we could find out what it was. Was infantile spasms ever mentioned to you or hypsarrhythmia? We did. We, we, there were all sorts. There was infantile spasms. They looked at uh, um, uh, Angelman syndrome. They looked at all these kind of different syndromes thinking, okay, does he fit those? And bits and pieces kind of fit, but it wasn't quite that. We kind of landed on Lennox-Gastaut syndrome. That is the closest we could get to an actual diagnosis for him. He has these multiple seizure types. He's developmentally delayed. He has some autistic features. So that's kind of where he landed, even though it's not the perfect diagnosis for him. Right. So that is Will, your youngest, but that is not your only child to be diagnosed with epilepsy. Your son, Quinn, was also diagnosed. What was that diagnostic journey like? Yeah, that was a little bit different um, because um, starting when he was, it was nine months, he had a, um, a, a fibril seizure. And this was, again, Mary was home with him. Um, first time that it ever happened. Um, so obviously seeing that, this is obviously before Will was born. So obviously that concerned us, that freaked us out quite a bit um, to see him going into like a, a grand mal seizure. We took him to the hospital, they, they checked him out. It was like, all right, he did have a fever that day. So we kind of chalked it up to, and the you know, doctors kind of chalked it up to a fibril seizure. He had another one of those um, a few years later when he was about, when he was uh, just at four years old. We had him checked out and just, you know, hey, nothing underlying, you know, no issues with him. Just once again, it was probably a fibril seizure. Just keep an eye on him. You know, it was nothing where we thought that this would continue. Until he was about nine years old, um, we really had a very serious issue with him. Um, he had um, just come back from uh, a baseball practice, was just eating dinner. Where I was, I was making dinner for him, and right before I called him over to eat, his older brother says, hey, something's wrong with Quinn. And he had just thrown up on the couch. I, I pulled him out of, the, you know, out of that room, put him in the bathroom, went to go clean up, checked on him, and he's in the bathroom having a full-on grand mal seizure. Uh, it was a very serious one. It lasted about three minutes. We brought him over. We're very close to Central DuPage Hospital. We brought him over there. About an hour later, as they were kind of doing some more tests, he had a very serious, uh, about a 25-minute uh, seizure. And, and it was just really difficult just being outside in this room um, at the hospital when he's having this seizure. I mean, it's like one of those things you see on like a TV where people are rushing in uh, trying to stop this seizure. And it was just, I can't tell you how difficult it was, Kelly, just being out there as, as this is all happening. They really had to give him some really heavy-duty medication to kind of stop the seizure, knocked him out for a few days, um, stayed in the hospital. After that, it was apparent that, hey, something's up. This is not fibril seizures. Um, about that time, it was confirmed, hey, you know, Quinn, he, he also has epilepsy. So now you have two children with epilepsy. What is going through your mind? Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, that was very, very difficult because um, at the time with Will, we were really struggling with him. I mean, we, we were trying the ketogenic diet with him. 
we're having you know a little bit of trouble with him eating, keeping up with that, and, and his seizures were increasing. And it was just, I remember sitting up in my room just thinking, how can we deal with this? We're struggling with, with, with William. There's no way we're going to be able to handle, handle this with two kids with epilepsy. So that kind of initial realization was, was extremely um, difficult. I don't know if you have. Oh, yeah, it just, uh, you know, it was. It was just, you know, what the future was. What, what, what we did. Quinn was an unknown. At this point, we kind of knew what we were dealing with with Will, even though that was changing monthly, weekly, daily sometimes, uh, the way he was, um, his seizures were presenting. And so now we're faced with Quinn. What What is this outcome going to be? And what is his life going to be? Because his life was different. He was engaged in school. He was engaged in sports. He was engaged with friends. So that was was a hard reality, that his reality was changing. His day-to-day life was going to change and we were going to, you know, to have to deal with that and deal with the child that knew what epilepsy was because he watched his brother. You bring up this um, sort of incredible, intricate path I think you both walked where with Will, you were mourning the idea of what his life was going to be and what it could have been had the seizures not taken that, that idealized future away from him. But with Quinn, he was living it. He was living that life. And so that fear, that grief, that worry of losing the life that he was already living, just sort of, it hits that much harder. Hi, this is Brandon from Cure Epilepsy. Did you know that one in 26 Americans will develop epilepsy in their lifetime? For more than 20 years, Cure Epilepsy has funded cutting edge, patient focused research. Learn more about our mission to end epilepsy at cureepilepsy.org. Now back to Seizing Life. How are both boys doing today? Were you able to find treatments that could bring them seizure control? Well, Will, he's been on multiple medications. Uh, I think we're count 17, 18 at this point with different variations of dosages, combinations, timing, We've done, we did the ketogenic diet. We worked, we did, and then we did, the, when that failed, we did the Atkins diet, the modified Atkins. Uh, we tried the VNS. That was a, a, a complete failure for Will. And so back in 2011, we decided to do the corpus colostomy to have that split of his, you know. The separation of the two the hemispheres. Two hemispheres of correct. So those were done. And he did fabulous. Uh, so it was during Christmas break that we had it done and he progressed very well and we got out of the hospital in two weeks and he was doing great. And he even went back to school in January, back to his class in January. And at that point, all these tiny seizures that he had had for so long that were hundreds and hundreds daily of these eye blinks and these tiny jerks and they stopped and will looked at the world in a different view he saw the world it wasn't being turned off every second when he had those eye flutters or those jerks and he went to school and the teachers all said he just looked at their faces like it was the first time he could really see them and his classmates and his room at school his classroom and he was just looking around and we saw this and 
It was wonderful. So the corpus callosotomy did help. It took away that part of his seizure activity, those small little seizures that blocked out his world. Uh, so that was great. But six months later, we started having seizures again. So he does still probably have about uh, two or three a day, um, just kind of shorter, maybe 10, 15 seconds uh, with his seizures. But yeah, that's been pretty consistent for about the last um, four or five years. Um, with, with Quinn, on the other hand, um, you know, once we started after that big episode he had, um, we started him with um, Lamictal, and he's been very compliant uh, as he's gotten older. I mean, we obviously would make sure when he was younger, he took his medications, but he's been really good as he's gotten to be older, got to be an adult, and he's still on Lamictal. Uh, he did have um, a couple of seizures his um, freshman year in high school. I think a lot of that was driven by something new, getting up much earlier, not sleeping as well, a little bit of stress with that. Um, but since that point, he, he's not had any seizures. He's still staying on that medication. So we're still on Lamictal. We'll kind of let him determine that course, um, whether he wants to stay on that or maybe wean from that at some point. But yeah, he's Quinn's had about, I think, eight total seizures. But uh, obviously, I think the, the, either he's grown out of that, which is potentially the case, or the Lamictal is certainly helping. Your family is, you know, in such a unique position to speak on epilepsy because you know, epilepsy affects people so differently. And here in your little microcosm of a family, you have these varied ends of how epilepsy has affected two different members of your family. The effects of how it has impacted Will's life are pretty clear because it has had such a significant impact on him uh, intellectually. But how has that, how has having epilepsy impacted Quinn? And I guess, you know, you sort of touched on it, but how has Will's epilepsy affected Quinn as well? That has been a tough battle. And it's getting better. The battle is getting better. But Quinn, number one, is Will's biggest protector. Quinn is, he is there for his brother all the time. He's, he's, he's his biggest protector. So, but Quinn has had a lot of anxiety over this. So we ran into a lot of problems when Quinn was younger. One, him understanding what was going on with his brother, but also the chaos that surrounds a child that has a seizure. Ambulances are coming, you know, when we're calling the paramedics and ambulances are coming and, you know, mom and dad are kind of screaming at each other to try to, you know, get things in order because, you know, he, you need to call 911, you need to watch him. You, so it's chaos. And Quinn did not do well with the chaos. We would have to calm him down and it was a lot, you know, and it was stressful on us. We're trying to care for Will who's having a, having a seizure and then we've got to, We've got to go calm our, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old because he's freaking out over his brother. Um, but that has gotten much better over the years. Um, Quinn has learned to deal with it. He's learned it. He needs to just walk away from the situation, take himself out of it. Um, so he's grown in a big way. I, I think the the growth piece of it is is all you can really hope for because it. I mean, it is hard. It is hard to see someone that you love enduring a seizure. I cannot imagine how much more difficult that is when you yourself um, have epilepsy and have, seizure, have had a seizure yourself and then watching someone else go through that and it's someone that you love. We sort of touched on this briefly um, 
but I wonder, you know, were you ever able to find a cause for Quinn's epilepsy? Have you done genetic testing? Did anything there bring you any answers? We did do genetic testing. We had originally done it with Will early on when he was about three or four. And um, a couple of years ago, probably about two years ago, we kind of thought, you know, things have changed. There's more information out there. There's, they've, they're finding more and more. So we were told, let's go do it again. We talked to our doctor and he said, this is a good idea. And because Quinn, also, we'd never had Quinn tested previously, but since Quinn has been impacted by epilepsy and seizures, we, the doctor thought this would be the thing to do. So we, we needed to do that. So we did have testing. And there is a gene that, that they, have, they have gotten from me that does have epilepsy, autism, schizophrenia, some other things that they had both gotten from me. So both boys carry that gene. And then Will also carries some de novo genes that aren't related to that he did not get from, from his family. So maybe there's some answers in there. And, you know, maybe that leads to better treatments down the road, more focused treatments one can only hope. Another issue that we've discussed a lot on this podcast and, and we've mentioned a little bit today, you know, that the impact of the siblings and here you have three sons, two of them have epilepsy. Um, how did it affect your eldest son? Well, it, it had a significant impact on him. Um, and I, I do say that, I, I think, in a positive way. What's really interesting with, with Jack is how he dealt with this. Um, he was much more calmer um, when we dealt with some of these seizure issues with both of his brothers. And, you know, just for example, um, when, you know, Quinn had some of these major seizures and we'd have to call um, 911, Jack, we tell Jack, hey, do you wait for the, wait at the door so you can kind of flag down the guys, you know, people who are in the ambulance coming to help your brothers. And he was always very calm about that. He said, all right, Dad, I'll go and I'll go ahead and do that. Um, so I think he's much more calmer, um, but also very understanding. And and I think he was very curious uh, about these issues. I think it was his his sophomore year in high school when he started expressing an interest in getting into the medical profession. He actually got a chance to go kind of uh, see, spend a day as a neurologist. And that was with um, Will's neurologist, invited him down to kind of spend a day with him, you know, just see what that, that is like. And Jack came back from that and just said, this is what I want to do. I mean, he just came back with such a focus. Like, I, I want to I do this. All of a sudden, his grades really improved in high school. And he's done very well, obviously, in undergraduate level and then obviously in medical school. But um, definitely an impact on his choice of career in terms of what we've dealt with as a family with his two brothers. Absolutely. Well, it's um, we need all the neurologists that we can get and the ones that have personal experience with it all the better. So we are so excited to have Dr. Jack on the epilepsy team for sure. Um, I wonder, you know, how having two sons with epilepsy has affected you as parents, has affected your relationship, uh, because, you know, I, you absolutely grow immensely as a person, but there is, there's a cost to that growth too. There is, 
you know, as a, as a family, I see it as, as a lot of our things are, are split. You know, we don't spend as much time as, as, a, as a group of five. A lot of times it's a group of three Toms taking the other, especially growing up, taking the other boys and doing other stuff with them. So, and I would be back with Will or vice versa. So there was a lot of times where it wasn't this full-on fa family of five kind of doing stuff together. Uh, we, my husband and I called that the divide and conquer. Yes. Yep. Yes. Exactly. But ours, you know, ours was because we couldn't take Will on some of these adventures that his older brothers could go on. Uh, so that, that was hard. And for us, it's, it's been, you know, it's stressful. It's, you know, we work, we try to work it hard not to go at each other and get angry and get, you know, we, I think we're angry about the situation. And sometimes that comes off as we're not getting along together and we're angry at each other. Uh, we, but we try to, to, to not do that, but it's, it's been, it's stressful because there's a lot of sleepless nights. There's a lot of, you know, sleeping in the other room or sleeping with Will and, and watching him and staying, you know, comforting him or caring for him while the other person is, you know, sleeping alone and, and doing that. Or So we have a lot of separation in that point. But I think as a team, we try to work really hard on, you know, caring for our son and, and getting the, you know, doing the best we can for him. But you know, it, it, it's been a long, it's hard. It's a lot to work on in a relationship when you're impacted by, you know, uh, hard situations. And yeah, and, and I'll, I'll add real quick. Yeah, as, as an individual, uh, Kelly, it, it's, you know, I remember there's a commercial out there. I can't remember what it was for, but it was, you know, a, a parent with a, a young child and, you know, the parent was feeling sick and just said, you know, uh, I can't have a bad day. And that's kind of like what it is with a child with epilepsy. It almost is like they're still uh, a, still a baby. You, you yeah. can't have a bad day um, because, you know, you're going to run into some of these issues. And, and when you kind of either let your guard down or you're not focused on it, you know, something's going to come up <laughs> and, and bite you. I mean, that's um, so what I've learned is, you know, we've got to really I just got to be, be really organized, whether it be my work life or anything that I do outside of work or family, just trying to be as organized organize as I can so I can spend as much time with the family, especially with Will, making sure that he's safe. Absolutely. And I, you know, from the outside, for what it's worth, it appears that you guys make an incredible team. And I think that is incredible advice. You know, there's when you are parenting a child with epilepsy, there is so little about the epilepsy that you can control. So, you know, focusing on those pieces of your life that you can organize and that you can control so that you can manage the variables. Is there other uh, nuggets of wisdom that you would care to share with other epilepsy parents who are on this journey also? Well, when they're first on the journey, I think it's it's listening to you. You know, when does your, your doctor sees your kid every year? Your neurologist, when you get to a neurologist, they see them every six months, you know, maybe four months. You know, you I just be strong in what you think your child needs and be, you know, and, and, and research and, and, and talking to your doctor and making sure that they're listening to you. Because again, you're there 24 seven and they're there, you know, once a year. Yeah, absolutely. You, I, you have to trust your gut. And I think it's a, it's a learning curve because we sort of grow up thinking that 
doctors know everything, but especially when it comes to the brain, there's still so much unknown. And we do, we have to, we have to educate ourselves and, and advocate for our kiddos. Yeah. And I'd add, I just, to me, it always helps to be part of a community. Um, at times I know, especially early on in this journey, I felt like we're kind of out here on our own, um, which is not a great feeling. So um, I think one of the things I did too, is I start doing more research, connecting with different, you know, groups that are associated with, with, with epilepsy, doing as much research as I can to find out about, all right, you know, especially when Will, we had to make that decision to go through surgery. Uh, I mean, like medications, you can stop and start those. Uh, brain surgery, that was, you know, that, that's irreversible. I mean, that was a really major decision. And I think that's when I really started, you know, finding lots of resources, doing research, um, and definitely staying connected to communities because it's, it's, it's such a hard condition to deal with. And I think it's good always to know that there's other people dealing with this. And while we've all got different situations, I think it's always very valuable to stay connected, just to understand, hey, we're not the only ones out there dealing with this. Let's hear from other people and, and always maybe um, draw some information on how people deal with these situations. Beautifully said. Thank you both so, so much for joining us today, for sharing your experiences and your journeys. I truly believe that our listeners are going to take so much from this conversation today. So I, I really do appreciate your time. Mary, Tom, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you, Mary and Tom, for sharing your epilepsy journey with us. As Mary and Tom's story demonstrates, epilepsy can impact individuals in extremely disparate ways and ripple through families with deep emotional, mental, and physical consequences. Cure Epilepsy was started by mothers who understood the wide-ranging impact of epilepsy on their children and families, and who yearned for better treatments, more research, and ultimately, cures. Over 20 years later, we have made great progress in understanding seizures and producing new treatments, but we must continue to push science forward toward finding cures. We hope you will help us advance epilepsy research by visiting cureepilepsy.org forward slash donate. Your support and generosity are greatly appreciated. Thank you. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Cure Epilepsy. The information contained herein is provided for general information only and does not offer medical advice or recommendations. Individuals should not rely on this information as a substitute for consultations with qualified healthcare professionals who are familiar with individual medical conditions and needs. Cure Epilepsy strongly recommends that care and treatment decisions related to epilepsy and any other medical conditions be made in consultation with a patient's physician or other qualified healthcare professionals who are familiar with the individual specific health situation.